Well, good morning. My name is JL Rathbone, and it's great to be with you this morning in some form. Um, I trust that you're well, and I trust that you're knowing the blessing of the Lord. It's wonderful to me to know that He loves us, that He's for us, that He's not against us, and that He has a wonderful day ahead for us, full of new mercy, full of abundant grace, blessing for us to be involved in, for us to play with, and for us to proclaim the great name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So would you join with me? I'll pray for us, and then I'll share a brief word this morning. Lord Jesus, we give you glory. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness toward us. We thank you that you have wonderful plans for us, and it doesn't matter where we are, or what we're doing, Lord, or what we've done, that you want to speak to us now, Lord. I thank you for that truth. So, God, we open to you. We open to your voice and we say, Father, please speak. Please give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I'd like to speak with you about the topic, and the topic heading is Saints of Endurance. So the topic of endurance or perseverance, persistence. I have a ministry and three of our words that kind of form our motto is purity, sorry, are purity, power and persistence. And they're in that order for a reason. But this word persistence or the idea of enduring, basically keeping on going is what I want to speak of this morning and I believe that, that God is calling His people to attention on this particular topic, this word, persistence or perseverance or endurance. We must be people that keep going. And it's, it's striking to me that uh, many of us love the gifts. We love the study and the, the theology. We love doctrinal views and the discussions that surround those kind of things. But really, one of the phrases in the Bible that's struck me of late is the phrase, He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is unfit for service in the kingdom. And there's that idea of when we take up the task, the mantle, the call that God has given us, we should run forward and keep running forward. We must keep moving. We must keep going. And you might say, oh, well, JL, I have extenuating circumstances. I'm unwell. I'm ill. I have family troubles going on. And those things may be true. But let me tell you that God has an answer for that. And I've often run to the verse in Matthew 6, that if we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, he will take care of everything else. That's a paraphrase, of course. But as we run toward our Lord Jesus, and as our hands are busy at work, and our mouth, mouth is busy proclaiming the gospel, that he will be faithful to look after the rest. I'm not saying there's not a place for pastoring and nurturing and attending to the things 
that needed to be need to be attended to. Absolutely, we must do that. But God has given us a mission. And he's so good to us that he's given, a, given us not just a mission, but a co-mission. Meaning that he would labor with us. He would be yoked with us. He would walk each day in this mission with us. He's not, he said that he would not leave us nor forsake us and he will be faithful to keep going. So I'd like to speak to you about, or just share a couple of examples that I think really um, help to hammer home this point. And it's some life examples. The first one is Reinhard Bonnke. And many of you know he is an evangelist. It was an evangelist. He went to be with the Lord late last year. And he was preaching the gospel right up until he passed away from this earth into the next life, of course. And what I found out about him, I didn't know, but he'd been quite ill for some 10 years, at least 10 years before he passed away. He'd been very ill and he was still doing crusades in Africa. He was still traveling around the world, preaching the gospel at various conferences, and he was online. He even engaged Facebook, and he was sharing gospel messages a couple of times a week at least. And this is in and out of hospital and various appointments. And he was a man who knew how to endure. He was he was pinned down by a, a young student. I heard this story at one of their schools of evangelism, and this student said to Reinhardt, he said, Evangelist, please share with us the most important thing you have learned about preaching the gospel. And famously, as Reinhardt does, he, he paused and he calculated his thoughts and the man who was sharing this story with us, Daniel Kalender, his successor, was explaining that he really thought deeply on the question. So he didn't give just a throwaway answer. And he said, son, the answer is persistence. The most important thing I've learned about preaching the gospel is persistence, that we must keep going. Um, he is famous for many quotes, and this is one. It said, God always works with workers and moves with movers, but he does not sit with sitters. Our God is dynamic. He's moving. He's going glory to glory every day. Another example is Billy Graham, and you would know him from his also his crusade ministry, but a man who persisted in integrity and seeking the face of the Lord despite, well not despite, but in what some might think as addition to the work of the gospel, a man with a flawless, as far as the eye can see, record. A man who persisted in righteousness and he did not let the world and the weeds entangle him. He sought the Lord. Two other examples one is Simeon in the Bible, and I'll come back to him in a minute. I want to speak about the particular reference to him. Um, but the, the name Simeon is a name that I want to draw attention to just briefly, and the name Simeon Rathbone in particular. And Simeon Rathbone is, of course, my great-grandfather, was, of course, my great-grandfather. 
he went to be with the Lord um, some 23 years ago now, when I was only 10 years old. And I have a vivid memory of him riding my bike when I was 10. He was 91 or 2, something like that. He was riding my bike the week before he passed away. And he actually had speaking engagements. He was a minister of the gospel. He had speaking engagements booked after the day that he passed away. So he was in a, a retirement home and he used to go and speak and hold little little services there. So that man, Simeon Rathbone, he was committed to the gospel. And in fact, he is the man that brought the gospel into our family line, into our house, so to speak. And it's... Uh, Men such as that who persisted in the gospel, men and women who persisted in the gospel, that we have to, let's say, to thank for our wonderful heritage, yes, but also for the fact that we know the Lord Jesus. Persistence, perseverance, endurance. So let's have a look at Luke chapter 2, verse I'm going to start at verse 25 to 32. And this is concerning Simeon in the Bible, of course, not my great-grandfather. Simeon, the man who waited for Jesus. Starting at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do so for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord! As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So this man Simeon was waiting to see the salvation of the Lord, not waiting inactively, by the way, waiting actively. And there's a phrase here that I like, If in case you don't know this story, just briefly the context. Simeon was, as it says, a devout and righteous man who feared God. And it could be thought or suggested that because of the way that he lived, he was afforded the opportunity by the instruction of the Holy Spirit, to meet the Messiah. And I want to draw some points out of this. The first of which is verse 29. Simeon quotes is quoted as saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation. And this speaks to me. Simeon pursued God. The Holy Spirit came and spoke to him and instructed him that Jesus the Messiah would be born and that he would be able to see him 
And it's as if the God afforded him the opportunity, the reward of seeing his salvation enter the earth in the form of Jesus. More than that, if you look at what's really happening here, Simeon didn't rest until he saw salvation. Simeon endured. He lived right and devout and just, as some translations say, before the Lord until he saw the delivery of salvation into the earth. And can I encourage us this morning, friends, this too is our job. We must not rest until we see salvation delivered in the earth. We have the instruction just as Simeon did. By the way, this is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So let me say as a side note, this out, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself is, let's say in one sense, he's more readily available than he's ever been. If you don't know him, you reach out your hand. Holy Spirit, I need you. Come wash me. Be with me. Fill me now in Jesus' name. And he will. And he will speak to you. And he will assist you. And he will counsel you to see salvation enter the earth. Just as Simeon did, the, our faithful brother and father in the faith, Simeon. He persisted, he endured to see salvation enter the earth. And you see with such jubilant praise, he comes and he worships the Lord at the entry of salvation. A man after God's heart, much like David, of course. Here are some other verses concerning persistence. You will know these. This is Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And of course, we know the rules when it says, therefore, we have to look what it's there for. And we look back to 11, uh, Hebrews 11, that is, and see the catalog, the, these faith-filled saints that have persevered. So that's why we keep going, because we are part of generations Part of the, you know, God is a generational God and he wants his gospel to flow through from one to the next, to the next, to the next. God has chosen you. He has chosen me to evangelize the earth, to reach the earth. He hasn't even given that to the angels. He's given it to his people to speak to the earth, to speak to every creature, the good news, proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news until the, the Savior comes, until we see salvation. We must not rest nor grow tired. We must proclaim the good news. Philippians 3.14 I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We press forward in Jesus' name. And why is this? Well, um, for many reasons. Number one, it's an instruction of the Lord. And when the Lord gives an instruction, 
we are obedient. That's why he is the Lord. Secondly, our lives do not belong to us. And this includes our bodies, our mind, our spirit, our soul. We have given them over to the Lordship of Jesus. He is now the commander and chief. And yes, he is so wonderfully gentle with us. Yes, he's not a tyrant. He's a partner with us, which is amazing to me. He is still our Lord and he has given us a command and he's given us the tools to complete the command in the person of the Holy Spirit and, of course, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, of course, the power of the Word of God. Just a little side note, I was under some instruction of an evangelist. His name is Nathan Morris. You can look him up if you need a bit of fire and he will surely distribute some to you. He used this phrase, which I quite like, and I believe it it will help you and it, it helps me, certainly. He said, when I preach the gospel... I throw the word of God out there and I hide behind it. Let the, let the Lord do the work. Let the word do the work. But we must be faithful to deliver it. We are faithful to deliver it. We persevere in deliverance of both kinds, that is. And we trust the word of God to do the damage to the enemy. And it will indeed. Thirdly, God has been so persistent with us. If you look way back at the beginning of time, you see Adam and Eve, the first sin. You see the next generation, the first murder. You see um, all the way through Noah and God's regret. He expresses in his grief, so grieved with the human race. He's not questioning what he's done, but he is in a sense of deep anguish. And he is persistent all the way through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and through the Israelite nation, persistent to to deliver his son into the earth and to deliver his son into the hands of the enemy. And of course, we know his son, Jesus was raised to life in victory, so we may too be raised to life in victory. But there is persistence in the person and the nature of God. And of course, we are too, as well, to be persistent. We are to be setting our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. God has made a way. God has made a way for us to persist. He's given us everything we need. Now, you might say this is very ethereal and and theoretical. Let me be practical here. We have each been given a call. Yes, to make disciples of all nations. And that may look very different for each one of us. I want to encourage you and myself today that God has given you a call. He has asked you to do something. First of all, he's asked you to be something, and that's to be a son or daughter of the Most High. The second thing that he's asked you to do is to, he's given you something to do. He's asked you to do something. So that may be reach out next door. It may be go down the street, stand on the street corner and preach the gospel. It may be paying for someone's lunch 
Perhaps you're incapacitated, you can't move. Well, I pray that you're healed in Jesus' name. But even in that season, pray. I want to encourage you that I believe the reason that I am able to preach the gospel is because of my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmothers when they were around, the praying grandmothers, the faithful grandfathers who preach. My, my great-grandfather used to send us little sermon, sermon messages on tape. He used to record sermons for us. He went to the grave preaching the gospel. And we can do that too. I've decided, as I'm sure many of you have, to follow Jesus, no turning back. And that means my life is no longer mine. It is given over to Jesus, to fellowship with him and the cause of the gospel. It's given over to God, back to its rightful owner, purchased by the blood of Jesus, that I may now proclaim the gospel that I may now live a life worthy of the calling. And we each have something to do. And it's the most glorious and honorable cause to give your life to the cause of the gospel without looking back. Be encouraged today. God loves you. He's paid for you. He has fresh mercy for you today. And he has something for you to do. Reach out your hand and love someone today. Well, Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for the most precious cause of the gospel. We thank you for your great love for us, for each one of us. Each one, each one of us that would hear this message. Lord, I just pray for those who are suffering at the moment. I pray that you would touch them in Jesus' name. And I pray for any of those who hear this message who don't know you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray and we know how simple it is to turn from hell, to turn from a life of pain and depression and anxiety, to turn from a life of sin and wickedness and turn to the Lord Jesus. And if that's you, just say this, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you that you love me. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. I now turn to you, Jesus. You are my Lord and Savior. I believe it and I receive it. And now I live for you. Every day in Jesus' name. And friend, if you've prayed that prayer, God has heard you. He has answered your call. And he will indeed wash you clean now. You will be a new creation in Jesus' name, full of new mercy. Make sure you reach out to a local church. I'm sure they would love to talk to you and teach you the wonderful things of the gospel. Go in peace. God bless you.